Will says they had venom, said Cookie. Thank God for the e-suits. He says it would have worked on us, paralyzed us, sent the nervous system into shock. He slept. When he woke again, they were getting ready to leave. Who's in Tess? he asked. He was talking about Cappy's lander. Its pilot and all its original passengers were dead. But they didn't want to leave it down here. Nobody, said Cookie. But it's no problem. After we're on our way, I'll just tell her to come home. The AI. The cabin was dark, save for the soft illumination of the instrument panel. Tatia sat silently on the far side, staring into the darkness. He watched lights blink on outside and lift into the night. Okay, folks, said Cookie. Looks like our turn. It occurred to Nightingale that Cookie, as the surviving member of the command crew, was now the captain. The harness, adjusting for his prone position, slipped down over his thighs and shoulders. It was fortunate that it did, because a sudden gust of wind hit them as they started up, rocking the spacecraft. Hold on, said Cookie. Nightingale couldn't see much of what was happening, but the pilot's movements suggested he'd taken manual control. The lander steadied and rose toward the stars. No one spoke. Nightingale stared at the illuminated instruments. Tatia sat with her head thrown back, her eyes now closed. The reality of it was hitting home. Andy's absence was a palpable quality, something they could touch. Tess? Cookie spoke to the remaining lander. Code 1-1, one, one. accept my voice. Nightingale listened to the wind rushing over the wings. Tatia shifted slightly, opened her eyes and glanced at him. How you doing, boss? Pretty good. Will they send another team, do you think? He shrugged reflexively and felt his neck pull. It was numb. They'll have to. I mean, this is a living world, for God's sake. There'll be a settlement here one day. But there'd be some political fallout, too. For him, responsible for the mission, for its people, there'd be hell to pay. Excuse me, said Cookie. Randy, I'm not getting response from Tess. That's not so good. Are you telling me we have to go back for the lander? Let's see if we can spot what happened. The displays lit up, and Nightingale was looking at a vid record, the woods in daylight, the view from their lander. A flock of redbirds flew across the face of the screen and vanished. People were coming out of the forest. One was being helped. One was being carried. A swarm of the birds ripped into them. Nightingale saw Remy, one of Bindy's people, covered with blood, holding a hand to his left eye. He was down on one knee, firing away. Biney stood over him, providing as much cover as she could. He saw himself, cradled in Hal's arms. Cookie appeared in the picture, swinging a branch. Biney's laser cut everywhere, its white beam slashing through the afternoon. The birds fell to earth whenever it touched them. There, said Cookie. The laser grazed Tess scorched her hull, moved up, and sliced off the communication pod. 
The pod exploded in a shower of sparks. Cookie froze the picture. How'd Biney die? Nightingale asked. She was there at the end. She stood outside the airlock and held them off until we got everybody else in. Cookie was shaking his head. We'll have to go back down. No. Nightingale did not want anything more to do with this world. Under no circumstances would they go back. To get the lander, said Cookie, mistaking Nightingale's silence for indecision. Leave it, Cookie. We can't do that. It's too dangerous. We aren't going to lose anybody else.